sing it, sister. Make your fridges, grab 10 other fridges and turn up and watch these games. Welcome to Giants Women Say, the podcast where we discuss all things AFLW Giants. I'm Fiona Lamb. I'm Tracy Kick. And I'm back, Nat Morgan. Hooray! Welcome, Nat Morgan. Now, we have an empty seat here today and we're okay with that. Coach Kiwi is in Melbourne this week. Uh, so we will hear a little bit from her in Kiwi Splaining. Yes. In episode four, we're going to cover the week that was, the GWS versus North Melbourne game. Mm-hmm. We're going to have our segment called Ask Mum. We're going to preview this week's must-win game. And we're going to do our predictions for round three. So let's get into it. Okay. Well, the week, the week that was. Wow. What a week. Let's start with the weather. <laughs> Sorry, did I say lockout? Did yes. I say lockout yes. for that match? Is that what you meant? I, I meant blackout. I meant blackout. Sorry, yes. I took your line. Yeah, I again. just sorry, no, 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 no. I just misread my notes. It was supposed to be blackout. Who could believe the deja vu when we saw those clouds starting to roll in? Hey, well, we were saying, I hope it's not like last year's weather, and this year's weather said, "Hold my beer." Exactly, and <laughs> I checked the radar last year. I was actually at the ground early with the players and I checked it and I said, oh, no, nothing much to worry about. There's just a few scattered showers. That was two hours before the game. (laughs) And then it turned into what it turned into last year. And this year, I reckon it was worse. Oh, look, it was definitely worse, much worse, because I guess you could make a decision before the game, whereas you were stuck at the ground last year. Um, And I forced my partner to ride our bikes there this week. And I'm going, no, it's okay, it's going to be fine. Even though I could hear the thunder in the background as we were leaving our house and by the time we got about halfway, it was already raining and there was lightning that was scaring me on my old steel-framed bicycle. <laughs> so we detoured and, like I kept saying, I'll go at quarter time. Well, the game was delayed and it was still raining. There was still lightning and by half time there was a power outage again and I just went, I think I might just stay here at my mate's house and drink free beers and not have to queue up at the toilets. There was no merch available, but that was the only downside. I was standing next to the merch area um, or the fun area, you know, the activation area um, before the game and when those that rain hit, everything was going everywhere, like the, the tents were flying, bits and pieces were flying. So, um, yeah, we might capture a bit more of that when we talk about the game, but yes. some interesting weather around the grounds on Saturday. Fee, you were in Melbourne. Look, I was in Melbourne Come mid-afternoon Saturday, I was in Melbourne and, uh, look, there weren't any electrical storms, I'm happy to report. It was actually quite cool, though. So Friday during the day in Sydney was scorching hot. It was oppressively hot and uh, obviously a Sydney storm followed um, as per usual and then uh, jumped in the car at 6 o'clock in the morning and threw together clothes befitting another hot Sydney summer's day but it was roughly 14 degrees and about one o'clock it warmed up a little bit by the time we got to um the first game but uh it was cool we, the best we, thing was though there were plenty of old-fashioned duffel coats in the audience I'm sure out of Vic Park you know for memories scarves. it was so a bit of Jacos, you know numbers on the back <laughs> and things like that yeah yeah and so. it was great to have the game out at Vic Park and and to bring that up as an AFLW venue in fantastic condition it looked Oh, it was magnificent. And even just the old sort of archways and the entry 
gates where you used to walk through. Um, it looked beautiful. In fact, that was probably my highlight of the whole round was the the beautiful local grounds that the girls got to play on, um, including even Fremantle Oval, which had the sort of the brutalist concrete seating areas. But my highlight, even though Collingwood, as you know, um, and Vic Park, but Witten Oval and those beautiful little terrace houses just peeking over the fence to have a little look. I just That just looked magnificent. So despite the wind factor, um, just watching those games on those grounds was just one of my highlights of the weekend. You yeah. would have spent a bit of time at Vic Park now as, I a, did. as a little yeah, youngster. Yeah, I got my dad and even one of my teachers who was a Collingwood supporter used to take me to games there. I just loved it. It was the best ever, <laughs> better than anywhere else. Boo for Collingwood. <laughs> well, we looked around the grounds uh, both at Vic Park and Whitnoval and said this is what this is what last night should have looked like. This is a ground full of supporters who want this league to go ahead and succeed. This is what we should have had last night. Mm. Yeah, it's um, it's so disappointing because you just don't know whether or not they'll take a gamble on an inner city venue again in Sydney. And you know, it's it's not really it's got nothing to do with Dremoyne. It's got everything to do with the time of year that the AFLW's played. And maybe that's the issue. You know, if we we're I, playing in winter, we wouldn't be having this issue. And I really want AFL to to take a look at that because it's a responsibility to keep the players safe, of course, but you've got to keep the spectators safe as well. Whether that's um, sheltering from sweltering heat or sheltering from possible lightning strikes or heavy rain. Um, yeah, it's something that needs to be thought about. And my vision is that this game will be played in winter when it, when this sport is supposed to be played one well, day. Well, another four teams next year, so cross everything. Um, yeah. But um, shall we move on to... A few unfortunate ACL woes again. Um, yeah. Net, young Nina Morrison and, and Shay Sloan um, doing their ACLs in round one or at training afterwards. Um, and again, you know that brings ACLs for women back into the back into the discussion. And I know the AFL are doing a tremendous amount um, at their women's conference last year. They talked about ACL prevention, and every program has ACL prevention, but. Uh, it's just something that I think it's going to be something that we've got to continue to look at, you know, and do a longitudinal study, have a look at, at what the impacts of, um, you know, on women's anatomy um, and the result that we're getting, which is way too many ACLs, I think. Well, one thing that our sisters over at the Outer Sanctum podcast, brief cheerio to you, sisters, um, mentioned is that ACLs have been happening in other sports for a while and haven't really gotten very much attention. So they happen in netball a great deal. A great deal, correct. Um, but Coach Kiwi was raising the point with me, and she, she has said it often and much, that ACL injuries happen a lot amongst women who don't play sport. Correct. So, uh, so, and we're not saying women shouldn't walk around or bend their knees. I can report that there is a, a member of the medical profession who... Um, I know vaguely who has in fact ruptured her ACL and it was not doing sport, it was cleaning her flat. And the message there is don't, don't clean, clean your flat. <laughs> um, my, the, my knees are safe. My knees uh, are safe. Um, but the interesting thing is they all talk about the ACLs but I think it was young Riddell did her ankle and yet it was like, oh, thank God it's not a knee. Now the kid might still be out for six weeks but no one almost cares. Yeah. Um, you know, it seems to be elevated, the knee injury, yes, because it probably is a 12-month, but if Riddell's ankle's bad enough, that could be a, a reconstruction. season ending. Yeah, yeah. exactly yeah, right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, all injuries are bad. Um, I think the interesting thing about ACLs as I've seen them over the years is they, they don't – this is not um, 
a factor of a contact sport. This is about change of direction and um, that's why netball is notorious as well. Um, it's the stopping and starting and, yeah, look, watch this space. I'm sure it's going to stay a hot topic. Hopefully we won't get any more. Yeah. Um, to another topic, um, we had a, ca- a captain's video during the week uh, interestingly posted up in the socials. Yeah. Um, how did we feel about that? I didn't like it a great deal. I thought oh, we're shining a light on the dirt in the corner and I, I just thought I, I saw it the first time and I thought, oh, no, what's going to come from this? And I, I was expecting more of the hate that they were actually talking about and that seemed to happen for a short while before, of course, it was pulled down. I found it weird that, um, like, I only hang out with like-minded people, so everyone I know loves the women's footy. And so I hadn't really heard much of the whingers. Don't read the comments. Isn't that what the saying is on uh, on the socials, Trace? I learned that from you last week, socials. Socials. <laughs> and so I really wasn't aware of it. Um, and so it caught me by surprise that they're all going, oh, if you don't like us, don't watch us, you know. It, it's, it was, yeah, I found it weird that it was on and even weirder it was gone before I could see it again. Um, Trace, you were saying that it wasn't a AFL-sanctioned uh, uh, video? Or? I don't believe so. We, I think it came out through the broadcast right, um, but yeah. um, I'm not sure how it was put together. But, yeah, I, I think it was surprising. Uh, you know, of course, there's always the trollers and the naysayers, but this the sort of swell of support for AFLW you know, continues to rise and I just don't think it was necessary to apologise or to tell people, well, if you don't like us, go away. I think by just ignoring them is maybe more effective. I don't know. What's Taylor Swift always say, Trace? I don't know. Haters going to hate. Oh, yeah, see, (laughs) modern popular culture is not my thing. I'm a little more indie. Mm. I think one of the suggestions that's been made about this is that wouldn't it have been a powerful thing for some male players to... Um, make positive comments about the league. We've seen some of them show up to the games, which is great. Um, I think they have a platform that um, should be used, and I agree. Uh, if statements were going to be made, one of the ways to make those statements could have been to get some AFLM players to comment positively about the league. Yeah, for sure. Okay, let's have a quick chat about the difference in quality between the games on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, look, I thought Saturday was very scrappy and I know the conditions weren't, you know, optimum. Um, But I saw some cleaner football in in Sydney on Friday night, to be honest, um, Mm. in in far less than optimum conditions. Um, I loved Sunday's games. Sunday's games were really enjoyable to watch. Um, They were skillful and open and flowing, so... I enjoyed those a lot more Um, and interestingly to the margins, you know, last week we had four games within two points and this week the margins were much greater. Huge, yeah. Yeah, the um, Sunday games were both perfect conditions though. There wasn't a huge uh, win to one end of the ground so it wasn't only one team scoring in one quarter. Um, So that certainly helps when you can score at both ends, things open up, people try a bit, you know, different things perhaps when there's not the win factor involved. Um, yeah, the two Melbourne games on the Saturday, that was, they were just crazy breeze really, weren't they? It was, um, you know, balls were almost going backwards with some of the kicks and across the face of goal from just 20, 25 metres out. So when the weather's good, 
everything seems to gel really, doesn't it? For yeah. sure. Yeah, the um, so the Magpies banner didn't make it through. <laughs> wasn't it wasn't a good omen to start, was yeah, it? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, versus a glorious sunny afternoon on Sunday um, for that great game at um, Prinny Park. Mm, lucky you. I know, I know. Fantastic. All right, let's review the game between GWS and North Melbourne. And I'll start by saying um, you might have seen the video of myself and Coach Kiwi in the silver um, Corolla. It's it's not a DeLorean, but I'll just say now and here that um, lucky the flux capacitor wasn't turned on because if that lightning had struck us, we would have been sent back in time to a time before the AFLW existed. What a nightmare that would have been. Absolutely, and uh, you wouldn't we, have got to get a game. <laughs> That's right. We um, did uh, – I, I seriously thought that the, the storm had passed over and so as any – Archipelago gospel aficionado would do. They would sing that Charles Albert Tindley classic um, gospel Very beautifully song. too. Uh, thank you very much, Trace. Thanks. Um, the storm is passing over. And so just as a joke, I said, well, because we were sitting there for so long in the car waiting for the rain, the torrential rain to stop, let's film it and put it on Facey or something, not to know that we were about to get just about struck by lightning. Um so, yeah, that was that was something. That was scary. Yeah, that was really scary. I was standing outside <laughs> under an, an umbrella. <laughs> um, anyway, let's go to the game. So it started, uh, you know, roughly 50 minutes after its due start, a um, lot of disruption. Um, and, you know, the, it, it was – GWS definitely had their chances. It was pretty even early, I thought. Um, but at the end of the day, um, after the lights went out and they had to – delay play again I thought that yeah that last quarter North Melbourne just really asserted themselves and and demonstrated some of the football that they'd shown the previous week I think I commented the previous week that they they took something like 56 or 58 uncontested marks they doubled GWS's uncontested marking in that game and yeah. um, it's hard to take any marks in those sort of conditions let alone um, you know so to to control the football that much um, meant that they just had the the choice of, you know, the options around and controlled the game. Um, the other thing is that um, marks inside 50, 1v7. Um, mm. So GWS just didn't take enough marks inside 50. I think they were looking for the fast play on a lot, um, you know, the sort of Cora-Von Bonner combination type yep. thing. Um, really didn't have a hard leading forward to hit up. And I think that became really evident when they put Emma King down into the goal square um, mm. in the last quarter, and what um, an impact she had! And you know, and it, you know, she only kicked two goals, but those two goals were absolutely critical at that point in the game. So that yep. was that was a masterstroke, I thought, from the coaching panel at North um, to vomit in. She was the tall one. She grabbed them. She and she kicked two one. She had three shots in a row. Um, so every time she had it, it was the game slows down, and you know they were just controlling it. Um, most of the stats were pretty even across the board, even their efficiency. But one eleven. I mean two eleven. Sorry for GWS. They kicked. We all whinged about Adelaide last week. One eleven. Yeah, we did. Um, we, we two two elevens. Just not good enough. So they had opportunities. In fact, the second quarter. 
GWS had nearly all the ball in their forward line and it was, I think, um, Bernardi had a snap for goal and everyone thought it was going through and it got touched right on the line and I think it was Hardiman. I'm hoping I'm crediting the right person. Just got a hand on it and the game turned around, the ball went straight down the other end and, and North Melbourne kicked a goal and I don't think we scored after that. Like it really swung the game. GWS had all the play and... They just stuffed it up, really. Yeah, I think there were opportunities for sure and they probably were a little squandered. Um, I think too, I think they would be disappointed with their contested ball um, numbers because last year um, GWS were number two, I think, for contested ball um, and um, and I think that, you know, they they were well behind North in that stat even though a lot of the other stats were fairly even and I and I think that would be disappointing from um, from the coach's perspective and from the players' perspective um, because it's something they pride themselves in, being able to win that contested ball. And that's how I thought they would get over North is if they could get that ball to ground um, and that's where they show their ascendancy. I just saw really disappointing play throughout. I was very surprised and disappointed at the basics that, that the Giants just didn't seem to be um, ticking off. So they weren't marking up on players well. Um, they weren't, There were opportunities to shepherd that weren't taken. Um, and, uh, yeah, there was one of the goals that uh, probably would have been spoiled if there'd been a tall on the goal line. Yeah, you're right. So, they, were, they were sort of in the middle of the square, weren't they, as it went over the head? Uh, just, um, there's no excuse for not having someone on no, the line. There's, no, there's not really. Yeah. Especially, yeah. and it was a set shot too, so you've got time to get someone down there. Exactly. I mean, there yeah. were people there. They just weren't necessarily the right people, I think. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, look, um, I know that they'll be disappointed um, to go zero from two. That's a mirror of last year. Um, if we look at... Um, the good side of things is that um, the pool that they're in, nobody's on more than one game, uh, one win. So um, they're absolutely still in it, which is great. Mm -hmm. Um, And it'll be very interesting. We'll um, talk about next week's game a bit later, but Mm -hmm. be very interesting to see um, if there are any changes and um, what strategy they'll take against Carlton because going to Carlton, I thought they were were quite good. And just one uh, little mention of Fridge, Amanda Ferugia, the captain of captains, walked around the entire ground thanking every single person for sticking around. Um, she did mention it was after her bedtime by the time. It was 10 o'clock the, when the, the game, game finished. finished. It was, it was after everybody's really bedtime. Late. It was yeah, very late, yeah, no. Yeah. And she did well to remember what her name was or how to sign it because she got that pretty heavy head knock, didn't she, from Ashmore's, uh, Ashmore's tackle, was it? She was Ashmore. Oh, Ashmore was also took Ashmore? out Cora yeah. with the coat hanger too, didn't she? I heard her say she wants to sort of work on her tackling, but she might have to work on her tackling, you know, style <laughs> as well. <laughs> I didn't actually realise that it was a head because we saw yeah. her clutching her ribs and felt really bad that after she came up and we hugged her and said, oh, good on your fridge. Um, we forgot to ask her how she was. <laughs> so it was <laughs> no. actually a head knock, I didn't realise. Mm. Yeah, dear, oh dear. Yeah, well, hopefully they'll all get up. Obviously, Swanee um, has got a shoulder injury there, so we don't know how long that'll be. Um, I know she was having scans on Sunday. But, um, you know, I think, uh, interestingly, they've lost someone early in the game in both quarters, but they haven't seemed to be able like, they're both good players, Smitty and Swanee, but it shouldn't be a problem that they can't resolve with the playing group, depth of the playing group that they've got. So, um, you know, whether that's a psychological thing or whether something that they've got to have a look at as as how they you know what's up their sleeve in in terms of um, alternatives if someone goes down 
Yeah. Now, I did actually ask people on Twitter how they coped in the weather. We got a reply back from uh, Newtown Breakaways who said a few of their players stuck it out through the storms under a fig tree. I'd like to state here and now, not really the best option in an electrical storm, but they made it through. In our playing uh, days, it, we wouldn't have minded a few of the Newtown Breakaways getting cleaned up by a bit of lightning. <laughs> it's only just a couple of years ago I would have said the same thing. <laughs> you know, I can't say that. Careful. No, we've got friends. in. The, we're all friends now. <laughs> uh, ben Rao, hope I've said your name right, Ben, said that um, we decided to head back home and watch the game on TV only to get a blackout. Yes, it was, the entire, it was wider than the field that was affected. It wasn't just two... Light towers at Jermoyne Oval. It was actually the wider um, residential area that was hit by that storm. And Michael Shalito, actually, I'll get to you later, Ma- Michael. Sydney Adventurer. I don't actually know who the Sydney Adventurer is, but these are the people I still haven't gotten a chance to meet because Jermoyne has stopped us. Uh, spent the whole match at the Southwestern Grandstand under the shelter. Had a spare umbrella. That's great. Now, Michael Shalito is very well known for being a great supporter and. Um, uh, cheer squad leader and some of those songs are fantastic i really enjoy um the uh, enjoyed the beat and it was it was different stuff it really caught my ear i enjoyed it i'll be learning those songs with you michael shillito but i would like to suggest the next time there's an electrical storm like that at a field running around the outside of the field throughout the 45 50 minute delay probably not the best move for your personal safety because we'd like to see you at some more matches, Michael, and uh, I wouldn't be tempting fate again like that if I were you. Thanks all the same. But thanks for those who got back to us. Rebecca Hain was live tweeting from New Orleans. Oh, fantastic. Which, uh, which was great and she there was a, rep, a 2 a.m. repeat of Bob for starters, so that was that interview between um, Bob and um, Sabrina that we were talking about before. Um while she was trying to figure out what was going on. So, um, yeah, good on you for staying safe. We, we really feel like we took one for the team. You're welcome. So we've decided to ask Mum what she has to say. And uh, this week we're going to play an interview that we had with Carol Collier, who is Maddie Mad Dog Collier's mum. And she had a few interesting things to say when she was having a chat with Coach Kiwi. We caught up in um, the south coast of New South Wales. The weather was lovely then. It was a beautiful time and we had a lovely chat. Here it is now. Carol, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks, Kiwi. How are you? Excited to come and uh, chat. It's good to be here. What got you into footy? Did you start the passion or did Maddie drag you along? Maddie's little brother was playing in the under 10s and... Maddie would come along to watch her brother play and she got asked by a lady at the club if she'd like to play in a girls' team at Nara. And Maddie was, oh, God, yes, yes, please. And I'm thinking, oh, God, not another one. Because the boys play anywhere between Batemans Bay and Wollongong and I was a single parent, so how am I going to get one to Batemans Bay and one to Sydney? And the team didn't end up getting off the ground, but she was so disappointed that somebody suggested we went to Kayama. So we went to Kayama and she just loved it. We found a passion of hers and just had to follow her and take her to training. And we got um, we got to know the state and the country by football fields. Excellent. And um, so how old was Maddie when she started? Uh, she was 15, turning 16 when she started playing for Kayama in the youth girls. 
And she's now 23 now. Oh my goodness. She's grown up. <laughs> so all that football, would you say you're an expert now? Passionate, yes, but um, far from an expert. Earlier last or late last year, there was a special moment with Maddie being named, um, I think it's a Maddie Collier medal for South Coast. Yeah, that's the um, best and fairest medal for the South Coast Women's League, which was newly uh, formed last year. Pretty amazing um, moment or an event for a young woman still alive. Like most of these medals are named in memory of people or in honour of a long career. But the fact that Maddie was the first female signed to an AFL club from New South Wales was pretty significant and... When Maddie started playing on the South Coast, there was nowhere in Nara for her to play. There was no league, so we had to go to Kiama and then that youth girls competition folded and we had to go to Sydney for her to follow it. Nobody at school played. None of her girl friends played AFL, so she really was the, one, the, the only one of her group doing it or her peers and she's done pretty well. So it was a huge honour and, you know, her father... Her father's family helped start the South Coast AFL League. John Collier sort of started um, the Narra Blues in Narra. So they were f- phenomenally proud to have a name, have a medal named after Maddie and the Collier name gets to live on a little bit in the football world. Is It's quite nice for them. That's awesome. I didn't know about, about the Colliers down there. That's fantastic. Yeah, pretty big name in the AFL and South Coast. But yeah, so Pop was pretty proud. Woohoo. So that um, brings us into the next thing. I think you are probably the most travelled of all the parents and supporters going around. Would that be true? Uh, probably go close. I reckon I'm number one fan of the AFLW team for the Giants, but not just for the Giants. I just love the fact that all these girls that um, are playing in the youth girls now have the opportunity to play all the way to the top. You know, I watch every draft to see which ones are coming from the area I remember watching um, the first draft. Maddie had already been signed to the Giants, so we didn't have all that pre-draft nerves. But, you know, so stoked to see Gabriella Pound dra- drafted and Heather Anderson and these kids that Maddie had played with in Youth Girls. It was like, yay, there's our girls. <laughs> so exciting. And you you watch every game. You know, when they they play each other, you, I always get a hug off them on the sideline and if they get hurt, it's like, oh, I hope Gab's all right. Or I hope, you know, one of the most heartbreaking things I remember is seeing Heather do her shoulder in that grand final. It was like, oh, no, poor head. She's yeah. just suffered so many injuries and she's worked so hard and, yeah, but that's sport. Yes, I remember kind of thinking the same thing. I remember coaching against her and seeing her in the grand final, she'd worked so hard to get there and... Had a really good season. It was, yeah, really sad. It was. Cause she, she works, she has worked so hard. She's a freak when it comes to fitness. You know, the girl ran from one end of Canberra to the other just for the fun of it. And, you know, she's really incredible athlete and just sort of got crippled by injuries. And, yeah, it was sad. Yes, football life on the other side. So I wonder, have you done any statistics on the kilometres or hours you've spent travelling, like even last year? Uh, no, but um, my husband would tell you that I'm totally obsessed with flybys points, collecting flybys points to convert to velocity points to fly to all these games. So some of this background is you would have driven from Nowra to Kiama Power, the first youth girls team, so that's about half an hour drive. Then you did, uh, she joined Wollongong State, so that's about 60 minutes to get to training. Then after that, she went to Sydney team. She played for UNSW Stingrays, so two and a half hours, roughly. 
And then last season, Maddie played for Essendon in the VFL. So Carol spent a lot of time not driving but flying. She flew to all the games down in Melbourne. And then have you missed a Giants game yet? No, not missed a Giants game. And I only missed one Essendon game and that had to be the one that they won. Oh. No, well, actually, the girl said I wasn't allowed to come to any more games because <laughs> I must have been the, well, the bad luck, yeah. That's rough. Windy Hill was awesome, a beautiful um, field and ovals. Some of them were horrendously cold, though. You know, there was one out at Craigieburn, I think it is, and where the rain comes in sideways. I've never felt so cold in my entire life. It was awful. But at least they sell coffee at the fields in Melbourne. I used to judge the fields in Sydney by where I could get a coffee from because I'd swap onto night shift so that I could finish work and then drive to Sydney to watch Maddie play. So if there was good coffee at the field, I like that ground. <laughs> Maddie's had a few coaches over the years. Does she have a favourite coach? You're waiting for me to say you, aren't you, Kiwi? <laughs> it was not prompted at all, but if, that, if that's the answer. I think the appropriate answer now would be Al McConnell, wouldn't it? <laughs> Okay, Al, all right. We'll give you that one. You have a, a fair group of supporters that sit up the back there. Um, I like to call them paps. <laughs> Parents and partners. Who, who's the loudest pap? Uh, can I not say? <laughs> I would probably guess last year, um, Chrissy. Can I not say? <laughs> Only because yeah, I have worked, I've worked with Chrissy and Chrissy's loud and very passionate about the game and very funny. So it's not a dig at Chrissy at all. It's just, I know Chrissy's loud. Oh, she, yeah, she is. She's very loud and very opinionated and that's great. That's what we love about her. And because Chrissy is a coach, so Chrissy knows some stuff and she knows enough. She's actually joined the coaching panel this year. So um, that's where she's going to share her opinions of the game. N- now, who's the funniest pap? Oh, Dan Rapetti, Fridge's husband. He's hilarious. He is a bit of a character. Probably the thing most people don't understand how much a roller coaster it is for you guys as well. Oh, absolutely. Look, the winning's great, but um, I go to every game with the first hope that they all come off uninjured. The second one is uh, as long as Maddie's happy with how she's played. Um, if she feels she's done her job and done okay, then life's much easier for us. Um, I think all of the girls put a lot of pressure on themselves. So, you know, they all want to perform at that level. So you just want them to A, enjoy it, B, be happy with how they've done because they put a lot of work and a lot of effort and sacrificed a lot to be out there. So, you know, to be disappointed is heartbreaking to see them disappointed with what they've done, even though they've put the work in. A lot of it's out of their control. So, you know, if you're getting smashed by a team and you're a forward, you mightn't see the ball, but... The backs are under pressure all day, so oh, maybe I didn't do enough. Or, yeah, it's just hard for them to um, put it into perspective at the time. They do with, you know, as time goes after the game, they can get there. But you just want them to walk off proud of what they've done because they've worked really hard to be there. I've been to Darwin, we've been to Perth, we've been to Adelaide, we've been to Melbourne, we've been to Brisbane. We've been to the Gold Coast. We've been all over New South Wales. I'd like a game in Tasmania because I haven't been to Tasmania yet. I think it'd be great for Tasmania. Okay, we're going to finish. So whatever comes to mind straight away is usually the right answer. Okay, here you go. What was Maddie's worst habit as a child? Not cleaning a room up. Have you started to coordinate your wardrobe or your house with orange? There's plenty of orange in my house, yes. (laughs) 
If Maddie didn't play footy, what other career would she have chosen? She always wanted to work in sport. She just wasn't sure what she wanted to do. So, yeah. And uh, what song would be Maddie's theme song or description of her life so far? I don't know what hers would be, but mine for her would be I'm a Fighter. Very fitting. Yeah. She fights hard. She works hard. Awesome way to finish. And uh, we all know if you've ever played against Maddie or watched Maddie play, she most definitely is a fighter. And thanks for uh, sharing with us your moments at the field and your time with us, Carol. And we're going to go and hit the beach now. No worries. Thanks for having me. I'm a Giants fan, but a massive shout out to Stevie Lee Thompson from the Adelaide Crows, moving off the halfback line in her first game up forward, kicking four goals for the Crows. Sensational performance, loved it. All right, so this week it is do or die. Let's preview this week's must-win game. Okay, so um, GWS take on Carlton at home at Blacktown International Stadium. Um, wow. It's a do or die really because they're both on zero um, and I think it's a must win for someone to keep in touch with the the front of the group. Um, it'll make it very hard without any, a zero from three um, score at this point of the season. Oh, it'd be impossible. It's vital that they win and it needs to probably be a big win for percentage purposes so they get a really good position at the end of the rounds and hopefully enough to get them through to the, the crossover finals yeah absolutely it'll be a really interesting game I think because I thought week one round one Carlton didn't look good at all I I was like oh dear um but I thought their performance last weekend weekend just gone was fantastic um they showed um that they didn't need their their big leading forward in Taylor Harris they used a whole lot of other um yeah. ways to kick goals and they kicked a, a high score um even though they lost and they used the ball really well and um, really did some really good work around the ball. So much more promising from Carlton's point of view. The game was so exciting to watch. It was it was really riveting throughout. I felt exactly the same as you did, as you've just described, Trace, that I, in round one I thought, oh dear, Carlton, no good. And uh, this week just gone really, really impressive. Yeah, same here. I would have made a prediction after round one they were never going to win a game this this season, yeah. and yet they looked looked like a different team. They did. Um, yep. So yeah, kudos to them. They've made some changes or did something different that worked for them, and um, yeah, they could be a real threat. It's you know, GWS haven't got this one in the bag at all. No, interestingly, I love the midfield work of Maddie. How do you say her surname? Presparkus. Presparkus. She was so impressive. I was blown away by her. I know she was good in round one, but I thought she was outstanding. Um, Interestingly too, I think it was a bit weird how Taylor Harris was withdrawn. They said they were managing her. They didn't say she was injured. Um, So it would be interesting to see if she fronts up, um, gets picked this week. And, um, you know, what effect that has. Because I think sometimes when you're very focused in that on that forward entry on a particular player that you can lose other opportunities. So maybe that's how they did take the other opportunities as they started looking, lowering the eyes and looking in other ways to get a forward entry. Mm. And on forwards, I think um, GWS, 
have shown over the last two weeks that they really need to think about how they're going to kick goals because um, I talked about the practice match. What I loved about the practice match was that they started to sort of get some over the top and some fast play using the Irish women and um, that was all very exciting but now I don't think they've got a balance. I don't think they've got a leading target. They're missing, you know, the likes of Phoebe McWilliams. Mm. Cinder Barclay was okay but, um, you know, whether or not her preparation because it's been interrupted is is right um, but they need a leading target. I'm, I'd love to see them throw young Ingrid Nielsen into the forward line, um, who, uh, who I coached last year at the Bulldogs. Shout out to the Bulldogs. Um, but um, she, she told Trace? Yeah, she's, yeah, so that's she's what they the second need. They, they were bombing it into Cora and mm. Cora didn't have the height or mm. they could easily pick it off. So I think if, if they could if they would consider her, they give Erin a little bit of a spell with her. I think they've been using Louis Stevenson for that, but mm. they could use her for that and they could use her for just short spurts in the forward line, surprise element, um, and, no, you know, it would cause a defender's nightmare and if they put a couple of those little running little smalls around Front her, and um, you know, they just might be able to crumb, get a couple of snaps, but also take some marks and go back. She's got a beautiful kick, um, so... I'd have confidence in her kicking goals. So, um, you know, and it's a home ground really for the New South Wales players. I mean, all the finals are played out at Blacktown, all the rep games, all the rep training. So uh, the New South Wales-based players will feel very comfortable at Blacktown. It's just a bloody long way from the inner west. I think it is, but if you drive it every Wednesday and Monday night. It's not so far. Um, you get used to Autopilot. it. Autopilot. Yeah, I can get home really fast. <laughs> I can get there very slow. Mm. Vroom, vroom, I think I'm going to ride my motorcycle out there and Margaret, my motorcycle, and I might just make our way out there. Now, yeah. I know that we were talking about um, Carlton's match uh, in the week, in the round just gone in the context of them playing um, us, playing the Giants, uh, but I do want to make mention of Perko, who got a goal, and I love a Perko goal, I really do, Um and I love Perko. I only got to one match in the very first season and that was the grand final and I desperately wanted to shake a hand. I didn't just shake a hand. I got a photo with it too, a little fangirl moment. I loved his celebration with Hatchie. They hit it, They did a, what do you call that, body bump? I don't know. Chest bump. That? I Chest don't know. <laughs> it was great. It was a lot of fun and I loved it. Um, good on you, Perko. Um Another mention I want to make in the context of Carlton is that Deborah Francis White from The Guilty Feminist apparently has now been recruited to Carlton. I'm not happy about that. No. But um, Deborah Francis White is very uh, the inspirational um, host of The Guilty Feminist, um, which is a podcast that comes out weekly and is, is usually in the UK. She's out here right now hosting a couple of live shows. And... Um, through Emma Race from the Outer Sanctum and somebody else, I'm not quite sure who it was, they managed to get um, Darcy on stage at one of those um, live podcasts um, in Melbourne and they uh, Darcy presented um, Deborah with a Carlton Guernsey, so they've got her now. I did send a little message out and this, is, this was my fangirl moment of today. I sent um, a comment or put a comment on Twitter saying, how do we get DF dubs to a game? You've got space, I said, between your Friday 
Sydney show on your Sunday Sydney show and she she replied. She and what replied. did she say? <laughs> Excellent. She, she said yes. No, she said she can't make it because she's got to see a mum. Oh, oh, that's an all right excuse. I think that is an all right that's excuse. That's reasonable. That's reasonable. Um, but that's where we get that saying that I've introduced into the into our podcast, I'm a Giants fan but, because they say I'm a feminist but. And I want to say I'm a feminist but um, I'm going to the show on Sunday and I wish I was a little bit thinner so that I could wear a nice frock. Oh, oh. oh but you can wear that, a nice frock. On that note, ladies, I've got a bit of a surprise for you. Oh, wow. I've got tickets. <gasps> and, Shut and I'd like, I'd your like, mouth. I've got, so I've got four tickets in total. So I've got one and three spares. So there's two up the front. So someone's up front with me and, oh, two, cool. and two up the back. And these are as rare as hen's teeth. There I are no more tickets are. in town. Fantastic. Well the whole done, reason see. that I ended up with four is that I bought – as soon as the Friday show was announced, I bought them and then realised I have a gig on Friday night. <laughs> Oopsie. Oh. Brief cheerio to Cafe of the Gate of Salvation, Acapella Gospel Choir. And I tell you what, I nearly I nearly was going to step out. You uh, can't step out. But you're in charge. That's your I job. Know, I'm a director. Anyway, and then the Sunday show was announced, so I bought two tickets for that. So um, through lovely Guilty Feminist pod stuff there was some someone who needed uh two tickets and i swapped Swap. with her and Fantastic. that was really great so now i've got four you're the yay. best fair. we're there yay. we're there we'll be there. we'll be there we'll buy drinks yay yeah. <laughs> don't drink too much a fair day trace no yeah, no it's fair days early isn't that the giant wolf it is at the, the factory, factory theater oh, the fa- oh just up yeah. the road from Perfect. home there you go Perfect. yay good on your feet thank you thank you there was so much media in sydney about the women's footy this weekend um, and in, you know, local press had photos of the girls and everything promoting the Moines Oval game. Um, but the, on the weekend there was also an article that the um, independent girls' schools um, are now running AFL as one of their sports in in the schools. And so Iggs has got themselves, I think, 32 teams playing um, in the women's comp and Louise Stevenson was down helping out with training apparently. I grew up on the North Shore and I, so oh, I played sport in, in the IGSA competition um, in cricket. And, yeah, my, my cricketing um, highlight I can tell another time. But um, that's really great news for, for the future of women's footy. New, new sort of a poaching ground, I guess, or training yeah. field for, you know, just more available. The more you play, the more you can, can play. It's yeah. fantastic. Just yeah. developing the pathway and just it keeps growing. I mean, junior football has just gone ahead leaps and bounds. I mean, Especially if some of those schools, they've got beautiful grounds. If they've got fields that they can dedicate to AFL, um, can you imagine, yes, Saturday sport, you'd actually want to go along and watch. This is one of the results and this is part of the um, the future and the future profits that will come from the league, and it's all good news. Yeah. But PLC will cheat. This is Kiwi Kiwi Splaining. Hi, Kiwi. Hi there. So um, we'll go through some of the different rules particular to AFLW. Um, you might now notice that the throw-ins are happening 10 metres in from the boundary. This is just to kind of beat the congestion and keep the ball in play a lot. Okay, what else? Uh, you may notice 16 aside, so we actually have a zone set up at the centre bound. So we play five forwards, which one in the square, six mid and five defenders. Very important that they set up that way. And the umpires will give you a warning too if you're not set up. Right, now that's at every stoppage. 
Is that no, right? Every centre bounce. Every centre bounce. Sorry. So all these goals that Was are getting scored. Was I just not listening to you just yes, now? Yes, <laughs> correct. <laughs> sorry. Always so listen every to Every centre bounce, it's 565. Five. Correct. Okay, another new rule is when you um, normally take a kick in after a point, you could kick it to yourself. We don't need to do that anymore. The girls can just run straight through. And so the player on the mark is now a bit further back from the five metres. They're now 10 metres back. And it just lets the usually the fullback just bring the ball straight into play a lot quicker and um, get a bigger kick further up the field. There's been a new change to the ruck contest. It um, is a removal of the prior opportunity. So it now means that the ruck can actually catch the ball and get a kick off. Whereas before, if they did that and a hand was laid on that was deemed holding the ball. So it's now um, got a chance to, to move a little bit differently. I did notice that in the GWS versus Lions game. Yeah, it's, um, it's the same as what the men are now playing too. So um, yeah, it's good. Good for the rucks, I think. Makes the game a bit interesting. All right, let's do our predictions for round three. Kangas and Bulldogs. Mm. I'm going to go for. I'm going to go for Bulldogs. Mm. This is going to be a great match. I think it could be the best one we've had so far. I'm going to go Kangas. Bulldogs. Mm. Giants and Carlton. Giants. 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 Got to get behind them. Dockers and Pies. I'm going Dockers. That's in Frio. I'm yes. going Dockers. Well, of course, Collingwood will win. <laughs> <laughs> Even with the air raid siren. Oh, is that what, that, is that what they have as their yeah. end yeah, of the it's bizarre. Yeah. Must be a WA thing. Crows and Cats. I'm going to go for Crows. Yeah, Adelaide. Yeah, Crows. I actually just want Crows to win because they're in Conference A and... Yeah, that's strategic more than anything else. <laughs> and lastly, Lions and Ds. I'm going to go for Ds. I'm going to go Lions because it's in Queensland, right? Hickey Park. Yeah, mm. I'm going Queen. I'm going Lions. These hickeys, they're everywhere, aren't they? <laughs> um, Melbourne. Melbourne for me, yeah. Massive shout-out to 2SER, which is where we're recording this podcast – and big thank you to Anthony Dockerell, who is the program manager here at 2SER and has supported us 100% all the way. Um, we are in their brand spanking new studio today and we're quite excited about that. And we hope that you enjoy the quality of sound, which should be even better than you've had so far. It's nice of them to build it just for us, wasn't it? Yeah, thanks, guys. And thanks, Anthony, who is doing our panelling today. So we'll see you this Saturday the 16th at 4.45 at the Blacktown International Sports Park. Uh, it's Giants Fan Day and that's for the netball, the men's and the AFLW. So get there early. And there's one more thing left to say and that is... Here, here come, come the, the Giants. Giants. I thought it'd be a short show without Kiwi here. <laughs> No, we're talking just as much, if yeah. not more. Today I couldn't remember my own extension at work, so <laughs> that's the data. That's the frazzle I'm in. AFLW Giants, that's nice and easy. Don't complicate things. <laughs>